Hi there. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We'd like to take a moment to announce that we are launching a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash talkingtolkien. We'll also post it on our Facebook and Twitter. We'd appreciate it if you'd take a moment to check out the Patreon and hopefully give some money. Obviously, you don't need to give. We'd appreciate you sharing our podcast just as much. With just a little bit of extra funding, we'll be able to buy server space, equipment, and other necessities to help our podcast grow. Eventually, our plan is to offer other podcasts about other beloved works and overlooked classics. Thanks, and on to our first episode of The Hobbit. Welcome to Talking Tolkien. This is an episode that many of you have been waiting for a very long time, The Hobbit. We have finally started The Hobbit. We talk about chapter one of this book, and it was pretty special. We all had a good time, we felt warm, and we got really hungry. Also, a deep discussion about where coffee comes from in Middle-earth. That and more on this week's episode of Talking Tolkien, where we start The Hobbit. Enjoy. Hey, Katie, what the... what? What the what is a hobbit? What the what is a hobbit? Well, we're going to find out. <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you for joining us on the inaugural Hobbit episode of Talking Tolkien. Yay! Y'all been waiting for it. Drum roll, please. Um, if you noticed, we took a week off between The Silmarillion and The Hobbit just because we were reading other things. Personally, I'm reading a book by Edward Glazer, a, an economist called Triumph of the City. Katie, what are you reading? Uh, I'm reading The Hobbit by J.R.R. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'm reading uh, Price of Politics by Bob Woodward. It's about the stimulus. Pro- it was about the when they uh, the stimulus package from 2008 and the discussions that President Obama was. I read some dry stuff. <laughs> However, no, I lied though. Actually, I um, I am currently reading. Uh, I, oh, I forget the author, but it's called Assholes: A Theory. And it's like a study of why people behave in a way that makes them assholes. All right. Well, (laughs) if you're just joining us, um, just for The Hobbit, you know, you skip the Silmarillion. That's totally fine. The Silmarillion can be kind of dry. Was that an option? I don't know. Well, it's a podcast. I enjoyed it, so I don't. You can you can choose when to. And again. For me, uh, if I were to actually introduce someone to Tolkien, I would not start with the Silmarillion <laughs> just because it is so incredibly dense. Um, I would absolutely introduce them to The Hobbit first because, as we'll see as we get into our discussion, it's just magical. So anyway, uh, I'm Katie. This is John. Wait, I did not even do that ironically. <laughs> wow, you did that on accident? Yeah. Wow. It's, am, it's okay to want to be me. I, I am John. I am Katie. And this is the dude. I am part. Chase. Yes. <laughs> Concerning chases. Um. So oh, that's the wrong book. Sorry. We're we're going to switch formats up just a little bit. The Silmarillion. We basically spent you know forty five minutes to an hour unpacking the story of what it was that we had read. We had to. We had, <laughs> it, yes, it's so we had to. dense. But the Hobbit is uh, okay. So if 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 the Silmarillion is as dense as like a cube of gold, then the Hobbit is like. A bag of cotton candy. Mm-hmm. I don't because cotton Not, candy and gold are analog. Well, so apple, like, <laughs> like like apple pie and berry preserve. Yeah, cotton there candy we go. flavor. There we go. Okay, it's well, I I, I absolutely yeah, because it's the Hobbit is warm and comforting, right? Exactly like an apple pie it, with so. uh, you know strawberry jam. 
Oh, it's strawberry jam. I think I think it's I think it's strawberry, or maybe it's raspberry. Even I don't it was know. raspberry. Yeah, so it's anyway, raspberry. Yeah. we're we're changing the format up slightly. We're going to take just a couple of minutes to sum up what happened, and then we're going to reflect on that with our personal questions and or favorite moments. So, uh, without any further ado, in a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. And that hobbit was named Bilbo Baggins, and his dad was named Bungo. Yes. Bungo Baggins, and his Bungo mother Baggins. was, was Belladonna, Belladonna Took. And so, Bilbo is rich, and the Bagginses are a respectable line of hobbits, and the Tooks are a um, adventurous. wily, adventurous... Less respectable. Yes. <laughs> not, not looked down upon so much as they're kind of the weirdy weirdos that nobody understands. Because hobbits... Are they? They like to. Hobbits are like your grumpy grandparents. They like to stay at home. They like to go for short walks. They don't really like to change things or go anywhere. Because adventures make you late for dinner. Exactly. Hobbits like to live in comfort and live their lives in a comfortable fashion that's full of routine and you know having guests over for dinner. But of course, when it's planned, um, you know they they eat many many meals. Um, yeah. So so hobbits are. A very cheerful folk. Um, they they love music and uh, you know food and parties and comfort and yeah they they do enjoy Smoke smoking a good every pipe. Day. Um, and we're we're introduced um, at the very beginning to our friend Mr. Baggins, um, and he's kind of enjoying a smoke after breakfast and we're instantly shown the type of life that a respectable hobbit would like to live and that is again one that's very calm and um that doesn't go off too too much on adventure but guess who shows up and says hey you want to go on an adventure with me Gandalf. some crazy old man who 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 bilbo does not remember gandalf was friends with bungo and then after a little bit Bilbo's like, oh, you're Gandalf, aren't you? Well, Gandalf then, was friends with the old Took. Oh, that's right. The old because Took. remember, the, the Took family, yeah. Little um, man, Gandalf. Of course, the Gandalf, Took family run around with Gandalf. Gandalf himself is known for uh, stirring up things and, and adventure. And, and so here you have the first kind of clever exchange in the book, which is where Bilbo says, good morning. And Gandalf is like, by that, do you mean that this is a morning that is good or this is a morning on which to be good? Or would you like for my morning to be good? You know, me too. I, I don't know. And, and Bilbo understandably like, goes, huh? You know. And then, yes. And then, long story short, Gandalf invites himself over for tea the next day and leaves. Bilbo invites him, actually. Um, well, okay. Because it's the polite thing to do. Yeah, because it was the polite thing to do. And he, he's, he's kind of caught off guard and jumpy and whatnot. And immediately after he uh, does that, he's like, why did I invite him to, di- to tea tomorrow? I'm this so distraught. I need to eat yeah. an extra cake to calm down. Well, right. yes. And, and, then he, and then he immediately forgets. Yeah. So the next day, there comes a knocking on the door, and he's like, oh. Oh, yeah, Gandalf is coming. Tea time. So he, he walks up to the door, and he puts a, a pot of, of a kettle on the, on, the, on, the, on the kettle board. Pulls uh, out some cakes. Means st- yes, the stove. <laughs> stove. Uh, pulls out some cakes, opens the door, and there is... Ga- Not Gandalf. But who, instead? Martha Stewart. No. Johnny Mathos? No. Dwalin. Yeah. 
Was that the proper pronunciation? A dwarf. That was the proper pronunciation. Dwarf. Yeah. So, uh, you know, much to li- our little Bilbo's surprise, um, a dwarf has just shown up on his doorstep and basically, you know, hops in, invites himself in, and just hangs his hood on the peg and sets his staff aside and says, well, I'll, I'll be having some tea then yeah, <laughs> and well, some and food. <laughs> he, he acts as if he's been invited. Right. Because... He, he doesn't introduce himself or anything. He just walks in as if he's being expected. This is the place I was told to go. Yes. Bilbo just kind of rolls with it. It's like, okay, I guess this is going to be the thing. And yeah, Bilbo is thrown off, but being a hobbit and being hospitable, although somewhat reluctantly, he, uh, you know, uh, invites his guest in and starts to bring him food and drink. And then comes another dwarf. Mm-hmm. Does the same thing. I just, I'll take some tea, I'll take some cakes or whatever, and then goes and sits down and puts the hood next to the... Other hood. And then two more dwarfs show up, right? Two more? Mm-hmm. It's two like two more, more yes. dwarfs show up. And our poor little hobbit is becoming, you know, more and more bothered and uh, and frantic. But all the same, you know, presenting his unexpected guests with food and drink. Um, more and more show up until... Eventually, the eventually. last party has Gandalf. Right. And Gandalf, he hears a knocking on the door rather than the bell ringing. This is Bilbo who hears it, not Gandalf. Um... And Bilbo is, is annoyed because he has this beautiful door that is a perfect circle and has just recently been painted. As it turns out, Gandalf had kind of written a mark on the door the previous day and he was knocking it out with his staff. So That crafty Gandalf. Yep. So Gandalf introduces the rest. Well, okay. So Bilbo yanks the door open with such force that everyone falls in. Gandalf chuckles. <laughs> introduces <laughs> the great Thorin Oakenshield, who's this, this this Bamf of a dwarf. A very important dwarf, we're yeah, reminded yes. several times. Did you just say Bamf? Bamf of a yes. dwarf? Okay. He is Bamf. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so Thorin Oakenshield, of course, uh, not happy at being pinned under Biffer, Buffer, and Bomber uh, on Bilbo's doormat um, because, once again, Thorin Oakenshield is a very important dwarf not to be you know fallen on top of. Um, but of course, you know, they stand up and dust themselves off and Gandalf introduces, uh, the final, uh, the final, um, party goers to have arrived. And, uh, now everybody's hungry, hungry and everything. Right. And remember too, that this is tea time. However, this is a hobbit's tea time and we don't know a whole lot about hobbits yet at this point. One of the things we do know is that they love to eat, and they're always prepared to eat. <laughs> they have, like, cold chicken and all that stuff, and apple pies with strawberry preserves or jam, and then cheese and cakes. Ugh. And uh, eggs and salad and, and, and different beers and red wine for Gandalf and coffee. And discussions about dragons and stuff, and <laughs> it sounds a lot like adventures. <laughs> So, yeah, so, uh, you know, after we've had tea time, um, it's time for some music. And we have first uh, a, a sort of comical song that uh, mockingly uh, talking about smashing all of Bilbo's uh, flatware and chip the and- glasses and crack the plates, <laughs> blunt the knives and bend the forks. I love that song. <laughs> love it. Um, and then after that, Thorin actually does call for music and. Everybody brings out their instruments and begin to sing this enchanting song that really transports Bilbo out of his comfort little, comfortable little hobbit hole across the water and to like magical places. He feels this music in his soul and the story that they're telling um, while singing this song. And the dwarves are singing in this like deep, like earthy music that one can only feel like resonates into the deep places of the world. 
Um, and it's about basically their past and their quest that they are now on. Um, their home has been stolen by a dragon and, you know, their people have been killed and now they want to reclaim their home and reclaim their gold. And they need Bilbo as the final member of their party because they currently have 13 members. They need a 14th member to make it one not unlucky and two, wait. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. I've used a double negative, I just realized. (laughs) And then also he's a burglar as Gandalf lies Mm -hmm. and so he can sneak in past the the dragon and... That's kind of all that's said at the moment. Yeah. Like, I noticed that not a whole lot said about exactly what they need him to do, just sneak in. And the thing is, hobbits aren't magical folk, but they contain the everyday sort of magic that makes them kind of disappear into a crowd very easily. Right, which would make Bilbo the perfect addition here. So, um, you know, we, so we have the song, and we kind of have a basic gist of what's going on, but um, uh, Bilbo is still feels, like, completely left out of the loop, and... Uh, wants the story. So basically Thorin begins recounting uh, this tale. Um, I mean, simply put, I mean, the the dwarves were great smiths in this area and had massed like a massive amount of treasure because there was a town of people that lived close by and they would send their sons, they would do trade with these people and they would send their sons to become like apprentices to the to the blacksmiths, the dwarf blacksmiths and all this stuff. So they became very rich and very... I mean, were they powerful? Yeah, they were powerful. And they oh, made yeah. the best toys in the land. Which is a good right. little addition. But then, since all of this wealth had accumulated here, it, uh, it attracted dragon. dragons. And in particular, there was a great and very... A uh, greedy dragon named Smaug. Yeah. So Smaug comes, flattens the town of Dale, um, goes into the mountain, <laughs> steals the treasures and kills the dwarves, and you know takes their home as his own. Now, um, Thorin's father and grandfather managed to escape somehow, and but how Thorin did they know manage? How. Thor- Thorin doesn't Not know yet. how, and well, how how. Did they manage to escape? Well, Gandalf's got an answer for that. And he tells them all about this map that he spreads no, out no, on the no. table at this point. App. <laughs> Called Uber. There's he an app that, for that. He pulls out his iPad and he's like, and he's like going through and he's like, okay. Oh, no, I actually turned it off. Oh, can you help me out? And like Thorne's like, God, I can't. I can't. You're so old. Gandalf says there's a map for that. Yes. Pulls it out. <laughs> Thorne's like, I've seen this map before. Gandalf is like, look at this hidden rune right here. And Thorne's like, I have not seen that before. And Gandalf is like, oh, it's a it's a passageway five feet tall by three breasts of three dwarfs abreast. And Bilbo's like, that sounds massive. And the dwarves are like, that's small. Remember that hobbits are about half the size of a man. And Gandalf Very is small. not going to comment because I imagine Gandalf's like eight feet tall. <laughs> and so Gandalf says, not only is there a map, there's a secret key. Pulls the key out, says that he was given this map and key by Thorin's father, who had been basically tortured to the point that he didn't remember who he was. Um, and this was in the dungeon of the Necromancer. And that's all it says. We're not explained who the Necromancer is. The Thorin's yes. like, we should go out and take care of that Necromancer. And Gandalf's like, no, 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 It's a, it's no, a greater no, no. evil than every dwarf in the world together. No, 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 no. 
And somewhere in, at, in, in the midst of all of this talk of dragons and necromancers and torturing and all these horrible things, our poor little hobbit friend, you know, has, goes into a fit and is lying on the floor in convulsions, shrieking and screaming uh, the words, struck by lightning, struck by lightning. Um, not the comport of a burglar that one would expect and the dwarves at this point are like gandalf i think we've gone to the wrong home oh no if you want to go unlucky (laughs) so gandalf reveals well you were 13 dwarves you asked me to find a 14th so your party would not be unlucky i have chosen bilbo it is then explained that the the mark that he had put on bilbo's door said expert thief in search of a job and so the dwarves were basically new to look for that mark they came and they entered so at this point, Bilbo is like, I'm not a thief. And they're like, okay, we'll call you a treasure hunter or something. I don't remember. The and his, his little bit of tookishness that had been awakened from this, you know, uh, like soul song of the dwarves and that oh. he's been just like fighting the Baggins side of him throughout this whole uh, ordeal. Uh, Bilbo, you know, asserts himself and says, you know, I'm, I'm, a worthy I'm a individual. Yeah, I'm a capable little hobbit. I can do things. I don't know what you mean by burglar, but gosh darn it, uh, you set a task before me, and I will be able to do it. Uh, so then, at this point, um, Thorin's like, "Okay, Master Burglar, tell us your plan." And Bilbo's like, um, "Well, you should go east and find the door, and just wait there because surely you'll uh, think of something." And, uh, but that's enough, that's enough talking for now. Uh, we should, we should go, you should go to bed and in the morning I'll send you off with a nice breakfast. And Thorin's like, uh, we will embark in the morning (laughs) because you're coming with us, Master Burglar. Um, and at this point, you know, everyone kind of goes to sleep and, uh, it it stores themselves all around the hobbit hole and Bilbo manages to find a spot for all of them. And he kind of drifts off into this uneasy sleep with horrible, terrible dreams. But he's, he hears Thorin uh, in the other room humming a verse from that Misty Mountain song. And um, it's at this point, Bilbo has kind of told himself, um, you know what? I'm just going to let them go in the morning. I, you know, I'm not even going to get up and make them breakfast. They so, eat their own breakfast. So at this point, our... Our, our little hobbit is still not quite convinced that he's ready to have one of these nasty, horrible adventure things. Um, but we now, in this chapter, have been introduced to uh, basically the goal of our, of our heroes. We've been introduced to um, what a hobbit is, and we've been introduced to our dwarves and to Gandalf and to some of the 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 history behind yeah we got we got a plot what for our the current book situation is introduced yeah. in the first chapter yeah how refreshing we i mean <laughs> I, I i'm knocking the silmarillion but the silmarillion doesn't actually deserve to be knocked it was it was it was good well, well and this is a vastly different yeah book, it's completely different know? this is a fairy it's vastly tale. different you know the silmarillion answered your question of uh while you were playing shadows of mordor uh, hey, what is this? It answered questions I didn't think to ask it. Yeah. So I guess that was a win. The Hobbit is essentially in it, what it is. Is it's a fairy tale, a very intricate and sophisticated one, but a fairy tale nonetheless. Yeah. So, but it ties into this greater universe, and it does tell us how Bilbo came to have the ring, which of course is super spoilers. Important. 
<laughs> for the rest of hey uh this this book was published in 1937 if you don't know about I, the ring yeah. yet <laughs> I, yeah exactly i also got to hear about like how golf was invented right <laughs> apparently a hobbit invented golf by lobbing a goblin's head off of the no, club yeah and it, it sailed 100 yards and then landed and in a gopher hole rope right. rabbit hole yeah. a rabbit hole and simultaneously the battle was won and the game of golf was invented yeah and it's adorable was one of uh, Bilbo's ancestors, by the way. So, you know, we, we know that there in his blood has been, uh, you know, people who have done remarkable things. So Heroic what? slash weird things. So, so one thing I find really fascinating about The Hobbit is in this opening paragraph, J.R.R. Tolkien does more to establish this in the world that we inhabit than in the entirety of the Silmarillion. There are specific links that are never made in the Silmarillion. There's red wine. There's coffee. There's the fact that his mother's name is Belladonna. Like, none of, not, not really any of the other names in Lord of the Rings. I mean, there's some like Sam, but Sam Wise. There's Build a Pony, but most of the names are, are not commonplace names. Belladonna, I'm not going to say it's commonplace, but it's, it's a Latinate name. Like, it's, you know, like, it means, I mean, it's, it's, it's also the word for daily I see what you mean, yeah, like, yeah. Like, that places it linguistically within our world, which nothing in the Silmarillion itself did. Furthermore, he serves them coffee. Where did he get coffee? Yeah, you really well, be- were big onto that. What, like what you have thing. to realize, though, is that so the Silmarillion is the history of the elves. Elves are very ancient and they, weird. They begin with the beginning of the world, and they, so they have, begin before the beginning of the yeah, world. And they have it. Well, no, <laughs> <laughs> they they wake they wake with the beginning of the no, world. No, they wake with the beginning of the of the. Uh, the Valar, who then create the world. Mm-hmm. What is happening? So, um, <laughs> what we have to remember, though, is that you know, different areas in in Middle Earth and different time periods and different peoples kind of uh, relate to a different part of our own reality as well. So, this is drawing us much closer to, um, you know, the ancient his his ancient prehistoric history of England's <laughs> history. Yes. So, yeah. But, like, where... Okay, so if this is, like, a prehistoric England, then where did they get coffee? Like, that's all I'm saying. Nothing in our, like, currently established geography... I see you mouthing off at me. Nothing in our currently established geography of Middle Earth, like, remotely (laughs) resembles an area where coffee would naturally occur. I mean, do we know what's going on south in the equator of Arda? No. No. What's happening down south? We don't know. There could be... Like dark lords who've decided they're not going to be dark lords anymore, and they're just drinking margaritas with other <laughs> Maya or whatever. That, that it also it also implies like a significantly more uh, uh, what's what I'm looking for sophisticated like trade and distribution network than we had previously come. Like that's true because yeah, exactly. yeah, there's stuff there's stuff going on south that can't be because everything can't else, be rationalized. Everything else that they have in Hobbit and like is is conceivably something that you could just look, locally source, like ham or apples, chicken pickles, exactly. But like coffee, you know, like and it's the most, Nacho it's one of the cheese. most largely traded commodities in the world today. So like to have coffee back in this time, okay, I'm gonna stop being pedant. We now. yeah, <laughs> see, um, I I'm not gonna be able to set your mind at ease because you are far too nitpicky about this little tiny detail. Do but they have corn? What I'm going to say is that uh, there are thousands of years between <laughs> what we previously discussed yeah. and you know, would they have uh, corn I mean, the, yeah i i should specify you, you need to be more more careful when you say corn when talking about this though corn in the english language actually just means the most commonly grown uh like 
like grain in the area. So for us, it's corn, but you know, a lot of Europeans call it maize. Maize, then. And, and, <laughs> and it's got a lot of parts of Scotland, they call oat corn. So. I was just leading that up to say, do they have corn chips? And then could they put oh, cheese so. in the corn chips and have nachos? So Ooh. unexpected nacho part. Again, I, I, I think the hobbits would absolutely love nachos. That seems like they're, that'd be, that'd be their thing, yeah. right? I, I I do I do believe that. I don't know. I don't I don't have a I, for some reason I have a feeling that hobbits wouldn't like spicy food. I can see that. I can I mean, see that I mean, too. Mm-hmm. That that co- that's an that's an adventure. I mean, you know. But cheese and sort of like a crackery type or chip type thing, yeah, they'd be all all down for that. They gotta have potato um, chips. Like they take parsnips and fry them. But and pig fat. <laughs> oh man, I'm so hungry now. But I had so a kale salad. I had meatballs and hummus i know that's a weird mix but that's actually really good anyway yeah if you haven't noticed this chapter uh reading this chapter should make you incredibly hungry so much mention of food yeah so much mention of smoking (laughs) like you know what it's it's a very comforting chapter and um this, this this chapter for me is i mean it's it's very comforting to me because it's again this was like the first really book of substance that my mom read to me when I was a kid. So um, I have a very dear place in my heart for it. But this this first chapter to me is so absolutely perfect. It's one of the best, if not the best, in my humble opinion, um, opening chapters in English literature. Um, the tone is established right away. Our narrator is witty. Um, you know, our characters are endearing. And again, we've got like an entire premise for the book. Um, and it's just the... The dialogue is so perfect. That good morning sequence, come on. What do you mean by a good morning? Do you mean <laughs> that it is a good morning or that you, you know, all, all, yeah, that Tolkien is firing off on all cylinders in this one because he had an editor probably. Yeah. <laughs> some really didn't feel like, the, some really felt like it was like everything that's in this journal is gold, throw it out, publish it. You know, I don't know. But like there's great stuff in there. Like he's saying like the narrator's going like, yeah, the hobbits hide from bumbling fools like you and me. Right. Like just, yeah. This is great. Like, you get the feeling that the narrator has never really even seen a hobbit. Like, well, this is a story that's been, like, not passed down, but just told through people. Well, then there's significantly more attention to detail in this than there has been in the Silmarillion. So, we're, kind of the, the layout of the hobbit hole is explained. It's all on one floor. It's really big. Hobbits don't like to go up and down steps. Uh, all the good rooms and, and Bilbo's are on the left because it's built on the side of a hill, and so those are the ones that have windows, uh, ample kitchen space, etc. He's et got maps but, everywhere because he loves maps so but, much. But then the dwarves themselves are described as wearing like purple cloaks and green cloaks. Silver. They had like silver, silver belts and stuff like that. Some of them have yellow beards. Gandalf has a blue hat. It's a lot more mo- uh, polychromic than than I think one would be led to believe by the current popular reception. <laughs> uh, uh, Where all the dwarves look exactly the same for some so reason. So they differentiate them with like troll doll style haircuts. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the, the like, description. I, I about, refuse to well, believe that well, Bomber wakes up in the morning, combs his hair into three like unique co- like cones, and then like braids this thing around his head. Boys, we'll get on this later. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> we have <laughs> because... ample time to talk about that. But yeah, but yeah, they're we're... all colorful and bright. Right, we're estab- we've we we're, we we've established like stylistically what kind of world we have and what kind what kind of characters we have, um, how they feel, what they look like, and I don't know. I just like 
I absolutely love this this chapter. Um, well, and also the songs too. Like yeah. you read the songs and you hear the songs in your head. Like I, I mean, I liked reading the songs out loud. Like especially far over the misty mountains because listen to my voice. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Like when I was growing up, I died for any song where you could sing as a bass and this is like the song for that it is like it's just like you know it's sort of a low rumbling yeah that's what i feel anyway when i think about the music that's being played um i imagine it more like a k-pop anthem like what k-pop yeah oh god all of the eyeliner (laughs) (laughs) now i want to see korean dwarf makeup I want to see a Korean. I know the Korean filmmaker exactly who I'd want to see a, make a Hobbit movie. It was the guy who directed The Host. I can't remember his name right now, sadly. But, man, from this chapter as well, like, I mean, you get good characterizations of. The problem is, I'm never going to remember these dwarves' names. You know, it's Dwalin, Balin, Dury, Furry. I don't know. Like, I'm not gonna remember these names. Dwalin, Balin, Feely, Keely, Dory, Nori, Ori, Owen, Glowin, Biffer, Boffer, Bomber, yeah. Thorin. Is there any test on this? Yes. yes. There wasn't one at the end of the Silmarillion, so. <laughs> but there is now. What is the name of the city that Turgon built? That's oh, not fair. Wait. Is... That's not fair. Yes, it is. It's like a really important major part of the. Is summer that Gondolin? Room. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. I, we we're a talking, plus to me. Okay. Good job. Gold sir. star. We're talking about the Hobbit now, sir. No. What would be unfair is if I asked him what was the name of the city that like Isildur's brother lived in. Oh, uh, it was uh, Minas, not Arnor. It was Minas Easel. <laughs> Easel. Ethel. Yes. Yeah. And what was his name? <sighs> You just said it, didn't you? No, I said Isildur's brother. Oh, yeah, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> but anyway, The Hobbit, The Unexpected, unexpected Nacho Party. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think yeah, I think that's about it for now. We're trying we're yes. trying to keep our episode a little shorter for The Hobbit because it's more befitting the text. Uh, any any other last comments? So basically, I want to just kind of preface um, what you know because we're we're. Jumping right in, um, we're going to see The Hobbit. We're, um, this is a story about, like, I, I, just, I just don't see how anyone could not like it. This is a maturation and adventure and evolution of character. Um, and I, I just. Well, the, my nephew tried to read it last summer when he was seven. He was bored. Now that he's eight and his tastes have matured a little bit, I'm going to try and get him to read it near the end of this podcast so he can talk with it him. It helps if you read it with a kid because, again, yeah, like the, first, the first time that, that I uh, read The Hobbit, again, I read it with my mother and she read it to me chapter by chapter and I got to read the songs. Like anytime there was a song or a poem, I would get to read it out loud. And I don't know. It just oh, made it special for me. Let yeah, me guess, or, or a too. riddle. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it it's like, I don't know. It's In that, in that case, I want to say what's special to me is the uh uh the shell silverstein poem extended poem book uh a giraffe and a half that was the first thing i ever read by myself which is kind of a tricky oh thing read to by read. yourself yeah. huh i remember sitting upstairs in my brother's bed reading it aloud to my mother and she was so proud i don't know why i was on my brother's i mean bed. mine was probably james and giant peach i mean the book but my mom read to me books like um giant i can't remember the woman who wrote it but giant and jurassic park yeah and <laughs> andromeda uh, strain yeah no yeah and uh not a case for need that was a little bit too mature for me oh a bunch of tom clancy books i had read to me by my dad <laughs> uh 
Uh, but I want to... I had a copy of Grey's Anatomy I, I read when I was a kid. I was a weird kid. There's something that Gandalf says about um, Bilbo when he's kind of defending him after Bilbo has his episode. Uh, Gandalf says, there's a lot more in him than you can guess and a deal more than he has any idea of himself. And I just think that's kind of a really great line that to choked think you up, about. didn't it? Yeah. That choked you up. It did. <laughs> that's a really great line to think about as we move forward into The Hobbit um, and what we're going to learn and what we're going to love. Far over. The okay. So I'm John, cold. that's Chase. <laughs> and I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. Again. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Chase. Man, I'm so hungry. And so we're, hungry. And we're then, we're reading the Hobbit. And this is Talking Tolkien. You can find us on Stitcher under Talking Tolkien. You can find us on iTunes under Talking Tolkien. However, if you search the full name, Talking Tolkien, you get Car Talk and a whole bunch of other talk things before you get us. So if you search Tolkien alone, it's actually a lot easier to find us. You can also find us on Twitter at Talking Tolkien on Facebook, facebook.com slash Talking Tolkien, uh, talkingtolkien.com, and shoot us an email, theprofessor at talkingtolkien.com. Now that I've said Talking Tolkien 15 times in a row, I'm going to look in a mirror and the professor is going to appear before Say it five oh, no. Say it five times fast. Um, He's got a sombrero on. No, I would love it. I would talk to him. Um, got a big old plate of nachos. But yeah, um, if, if you're reading The Hobbit along with us, um, tell us, tell us what what, how you feel and what you love about that opening And if you chapter. email us, we will read it. Oh, and yeah. And we will talk about it on the podcast. We love emails. Next week, we're going to read chapters two and three, I believe. Because mm-hmm. two is like five pages long and three is like ten pages long. So Yeah. So we're going to jump forward and see if our little burglar decides to um, go on an adventure after all, despite how nasty and complicated they are. Well, it seems a little long for him not to. <laughs> so I'm just going to put that one out there. All right, well, have a good day. <laughs> or a good morning. I want food. Okay, make some food. Yeah. <laughs>